Our scripture reading for today comes from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 35 to 39. Here now the reading of God's word. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join with me in prayer before we begin. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for this glorious day where we come and worship you once again. Lord Father, I pray that you'll be with each and every member that is sitting here, Lord Father, each and every person sitting here, but also those still watching at home or wherever they may be, Lord Father, that this worship service will truly be a blessing unto them, a time where they could just let go and just take you in, Lord Father. And then my part, Lord, I just pray that you'll use me to deliver your words of truth to your people today, Lord. We thank you in your son Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, if I had to ask you, who is the person that you love the most in the world right now? Who would it be? Who would you say? Who is the person that you love the most? Some of you might say your spouse. Some of you might say your parents. Some of you might say your boyfriend or girlfriend or your child or your best friend. Right? We could have all a variety of answers. And it's great that you all have someone to love and hopefully someone that loves you back, right? But my next question would be, is the person that you love the most in the world right now the same person that you loved the most five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever time may be? My guess is most likely it's not. It's not the same person, right? I mean, for the married people in here, is your spouse the one person that you married right now the first person you ever loved? The answer is probably no. The chances are high that your spouse is not your first boyfriend or girlfriend. The object of our love changes. The love that we have for certain people changes over time. For example, when we are a young child, when we're a baby, when we're born, the first love that we have is to our parents, right? They're the ones that feed us, that clothe us. They're the ones that rock us to sleep. They're the ones that hold us so much so that certain babies, if you try to hold them and you're not their parents, they start crying. I don't know that person. I don't want to go to them. I want to go back to mommy or daddy, right? They do everything for us. And naturally, our love is for our parents. We grow up after that a little bit. We become a teenager. Who do we love the most? might still be our parents, but at a certain age, you start liking and loving your friends more. I want to be with my friends. I don't want to be with my parents. They're embarrassing. It happened to me already. It happened to me already. We were at Fache, and old classic 90s K-pop was playing. I started singing, and my son's like, you're embarrassing me. Get out of here. All right. At a certain point, as we get older, our love kind of turns, and it morphs like, I, I, mean, I still like my parents, they're cool, but I want to I wanna be over here now. Right? And maybe we get to college, and we meet our first significant other, our first love. Right? And that's, oh, 
<laughs> they become your world, right? You get that warm, fuzzy feeling, like you try to hold their hand and stuff like that. Like, oh, I, right? And then you get older and you get married and your spouse becomes everything to you. They're numero uno, right? Everything is about you and your spouse. Side tangent, that's where your love should stay. But for some people, you have a baby. It's like, oh, no, forget my husband. <laughs> my baby's the best, right? And our love goes to our child, and we raise them. We want everything, right? What am I trying to tell you guys? Our love changes for people. The degree of love we have for certain people changes over time. The object of our love changes over time. Right? We can grow to love people, but then as years pass, we could start forgetting about those people. Some people may sin against us, and because of that, we say, I don't want to love them anymore. They're out of my, I'm going to cut them out of my life. Right? For those of you who have been joining us the past few weeks, Pastor John has been going over his sermon series about the gospel and the story, or the, the life of Joseph, story of Joseph, family life of Joseph, right? family life of Joseph, offer word being family. Because we know, even if you haven't joined us for every week of the sermon series, that Joseph didn't have the greatest brothers or the brothers that didn't treat him very well, right? And might have picked up on these topics of family trauma. And I think last week was on forgiveness, right? And because of our family trauma, we might, you know, I don't, I don't love my mom and dad as much as anymore. Like, oh, I, I got to get out of the house. I got I to gotta separate. I got to do this and that, right? Our love can change because of these types of events in our lives. This, these events that say, no more. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Our, how people treat us makes us change, right? The point of all this is to show that our love as humans is not constant. It's not always on the same level to everyone the way that it might or should be. But God is not like this. Our God is not like this. Our God who loves us. Our God's love for us never changes. It's always there, and it always will be there. It's always a constant stream of love bestowed upon us. From the moment that we were formed in the womb of our mom, God loved us. So even before our own parents had any concept of who we were, even before they were able to hold us for the first time or see our face for the first time, God knew us and God loved us, and God will love us from then until the very end as well. That carries on all throughout our lives. No matter if we have a life that seems to deserve that love or not, if God says, I'm going to love you, then God will love you. God's love for us is constant, never changing, unconditional. And nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. I think that our text for today answers the questions that Christians and maybe all of you might have thought about one point in time or, or another. A question that might have uh, caused a, a little struggle in our lives, right? And that is, is there anything, anything that could separate us from the love of God? Is there anything that could separate us from the love of God? Verse 35 reads, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Have you ever wondered before? Have you ever wondered this before? Can something, whether anything of this world or not, or from our own doing or not, can make God love us less? 
Is there anything that has the power to break that bond between me and God? The love that God sends and pours out upon us. Paul asks, could it be tribulation or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness, danger or sword? All of these things that can cause a person to stumble. Think of the last time you had a real trial in your life, a real hardship, right? Something that bogged you down, that stressed, that, that stressed you, that made you lose sleep at night. Right? Have you ever thought during those times, where are you, God? God, do you still love me? And if you love me, why am I going through this? Have you stopped loving me? When you're having financial difficulties or relationship trouble, when things were just not going right in your life, you may have thought, even for a moment, God, are you there? But Paul, what Paul is saying is that even in the midst of all this, even in the midst of all your struggles and hardships, when we are in our tribulations and our persecutions, in our hardship, God still loves you. God never left you, and the love that he has for you has not changed. Look at the world that we live in. People, sometimes unbelievers who are wealthy and healthy, doing good in life, and we see them, we get jealous. And on the flip side, people who serve the church diligently, those who pray and work hard even when their bodies ache, good Christian folks seem to have it harder in life these days. This may seem unfair that sometimes non-believers struggle more than those who do not. But for those who read the Bible carefully, you know that God doesn't promise you a stress-free life. But he does promise that I will always be with you and I will always love you no matter what. In verse 36, we get a quote that comes from Psalm 44, verse 22, which says, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. This quote was inserted to show that persecution hurt, suffering has always been a part of God's people. Right? Suffering is not something new for today's Christians, but has been with all believers. Paul is reminding the Romans, the Christians of his time, that those who served God in the Old Testament read the Psalms and also felt like they were sheep being slaughtered. That every day was like death to them. But do you know how Psalm 44 ends? the psalm where this quote has come from, in Psalm 44, 26, the psalmist ends his psalm by saying, Rise up, come to our help, redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. For the sake of your steadfast love. Meaning the psalmist is calling on God to help them and is acknowledging that even during this trial, that he knows God's love for him is steadfast. I know that you're still, still there, regardless of the current situation that he is. And perhaps Paul wrote this verse in, knowing that at least the Jewish Christians that would read this letter would understand that even though the psalmist felt like a sheep led to slaughter, he ended the psalm by recognizing God's steadfast love. So for readers of Paul's letter during his time, though they have their trials, their famine and danger, God's love still remains. Nothing can separate us from the love that God has towards us. And so for us, the readers of the letter now, we need to be able to understand this as well. Brothers and sisters, even though you may feel yourself a sheep led to slaughter, 
that every day seems and feels like a grueling death because there's another added pressure, another added stress. Know that God's love for you never wavers, that God's love is still constantly going towards you and it never changes. Warren W. Wearsby says, God assures us that the difficulties of life are working for us and not against us. God permits trials to come that we might use them for our good and his glory. So we endure the hardships for the sake of God. And when we do that, then it should draw us closer to God and not push us further away from him. The hardships in life should hopefully prove to us, once we overcome those hardships, that God has remained through it all. Verse 37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Even though we may face persecution, we conquer because of the love of God. We are more than conquerors because God turns everything, even the hardships that we face, into good. You see, the hardships we face is not to bring us down. God does not want the hardships to tear us down or to destroy us, but they are needed for our spiritual growth, for us to feel God's love even stronger, so that by conquering our hardships, we can grow in our faith and know God's love is real, so that we can experience that love. Verses 38 to 39 reads, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul is assured that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Even if bad things happen, I still know, I am sure of God's love. Look at the things that he lists. Living and then dying does not separate us from the love of God. We will be loved during our life and even into our death. Angels or rulers cannot separate us from the love of God. Some scholars say this is referring to angelic and demonic authorities. So no temptation by the devil, how, we, how he sways us or causes us to sin and stumble will separate us from the love of God. So even when we may sin and feel we failed God, well, God who has chosen us will still love us. Present things or future things, nothing now, nothing ever will be able to separate us from the love of God. Height nor depth, no distance will be able to separate us from the love of God. And Paul emphatically ends by saying nothing, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you believe this? Do you truly know this? And does this change your life? Do you understand and truly believe that God will never take his love away from you? No height, nor death, no power, not even life and death will undo the love that God has for you. Now, I'm not sure if I shared this story with you guys before. I, I've been in so many groups. I don't know if I shared this. I may have to some people. But for those of you guys who don't know, uh, in December of 2006, I moved to South Korea. I went to Korea. I followed my pastors in LA, and they called me to do ministry in, in Korea, um, in the city called Pundang. And before I left, uh, knowing that I'll be gone for a few years, obviously I said bye to all my family, all my friends. And at the time, most of my friends were healthy. <laughs> my family members were healthy, except for one person. That, is, uh, that was my maternal grandmother. My maternal grandmother at the time was uh, 
suffering from stomach cancer. Okay. And although for the most part she looked very well, I noticed while before I left, uh, the last time I saw her, that she'd lost a, a lot of weight. You know? And in Korea, when I lived in Korea, I would often talk to my mom. And during, in 2006, 2007, this was still before um, smartphones. <laughs> this was before Kakao. So if I wanted to check up um, how my grandmother doing, I'd need to have a, a phone card. You guys remember those? Like, dial like 25 numbers <laughs> to, get, right, to call internationally. Right? And to find out how my grandmother was doing. And my parents would have to do the same if they wanted to relay any message right, that to me. Right. We still ha we had email, but my parents don't know how to do that. Right. A few months after I moved to Korea, in April 2007, I was working, and I got a phone call from America. I got a phone call from America, and like I said, because this is pre-smartphones, Kakao, you know if you get a phone call from America, it's not good news, right? And they say no news is good news. So if you're getting news, it's probably not that good. I picked up, and it was my father, and he said, you have to come to America but because your grandmother's in the hospital and the doctors think she doesn't have much time left to come back to America. I said, all right, I guess I got to go to America. And I went to my pastor, my, my boss pastor, uh, and I said, hey, I got a phone call from America. I, is it okay if I <laughs> go? Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, your parents already called me. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah you, could, you could go to America. And, and then he gave me an envelope, right? use it for the funeral, right? Very Korean thing to do. I was like, oh, thank you. And um, <laughs> I took it. Uh, and I think I got on the next flight to America. And all the while coming to America, I was just thinking about, oh, what do I do? Because this was, um, this is going to be the first death in the family when I'm a pastor. And I felt like, oh, do I have to act differently now? Like, do I have to do something? Is my parents going to make me, you know? Like, do I have to lead a worship service or, or something? And also, uh, other pastors might know this, but, you know, I was only maybe a second-year pastor at that time. Uh, it's easier pastoring to people. It's hard pastoring to your own family, right? And uh, if, as my mom was going to lose her mom, I was like, what do I say to her, you know, because she still sees me as her youngest son, Right, so I was, uh, this 12-hour flight, I was just thinking about all these different thoughts. I landed at LAX. Uh, my brother picked me up, and we had to drive to uh, Irvine. That's where my, uh, when I say these cities, you guys know? You plot it in your head? I just realized <laughs> we're not in California anymore. Uh, LA, you drive south to Irvine, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, my brother drove me down to Irvine, and I remember... I got out of my car, I got out of the car, and I walked up to the hospital room. I opened the hospital room thinking I'm going to see my grandmother on her deathbed, right? And I see her just sitting there, looking very happy and healthy. And I, I remember, she I opened the door, and she looked at me, and she said, Chonusanim, what are you doing here? And I was like, what? I was like, oh, to see you, Grandma, right? And I was kind of like, oh, this is not the picture I thought I was going to see. And I was like, Mom, what happened? I flew from Korea. <laughs> right? I mean, it's all good that she looks good, right? She's all healthy, but, you know, <laughs> I feel like I got a free vacation, right? It's very weird. You know, like, oh, I don't, we don't know what happened, but, you know, the doctor said she, she looks fine right now. Like, I was like, okay. 
So like, I was like, well, that, well that's great. That's great. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad grandma's okay. And then I thought about, oh, I have an envelope <laughs> to help. <laughs> like, do I go back and just like return this? Like, you know? And in any case, I, I spent the day with my grandma. And after a while, she's like, you know what? Like, go out and go see your friends. You haven't seen them in a while. Like, all right, I'll, I'll see you later, grandma. And next day I went back and she's like, I'm good. Like, I was like, okay, grandma, I'll, I'll see you later. But on the third day, things didn't go so well. I went back the third day, and uh, my somewhat healthy grandmother sitting in her bed was not there. She was lying down, her eyes glazed over, not speaking, not moving. And I asked the doctors what happened. Like, she just got really, really bad last yesterday, and there's not much time left. And that day, my brother and my dad were both working, and I was there with my mom. And I was like, oh, that fear came out, like, okay, I got to minister to my mom, minister to my grandma during this time. And I was like, oh, what, what, do, I, what do I do? Oh, what do I say? And on the side, uh, my grandmother's Bible was there, and I, I took it out. And <laughs> I, I turned to Romans chapter 8, the chapter we're first read today. And... From the beginning of chapter 8, I read it in Korean. If you, you might be good in Korean, but when you read the Korean Bible, it gets kind of funky. Right? <laughs> I was re- I, and I read it. My mom was sitting off to the side, you know, singing my, mom, my grandma's favorite hymn. And I was reading it, and I, I read it all the way through. And I, I remember I asked my grandma, like, Grandma, do you understand? Do you believe what I read? And I, she just kind of nodded. And after that, she was looking out the window at that time. And it wasn't like the window's like directly in front of her where I could look at. She was like arcing, arching her back to look out the, the window. And it's like, it's not comfortable. She's not lying down. So I was like, Grandma, why are you looking out the window? Do you see something? And my grandma said, I see Jesus. And I think uh, my mom said, you know, if Jesus comes and takes your hand, just go with him. We'll be okay. My grandma nodded, and a few moments later, she passed away. You know, I don't know if Jesus really came to my grandma at that time. After she said that, I looked out the window. Right? I saw just the sky and the clouds. But I wanted to believe that Jesus did come. That in her pain and her suffering, she did see and at least feel God and Jesus there. And that proved to me the truth of what God's love is to us and the proof to me that these verses are real. That neither life nor death can separate us the love of God, that even in the most painful time of our lives, the loss of a loved one, God's love is still there. And you might have all felt that kind of loss, the loss of a grandparent or even the loss of a parent. And we may have felt even a greater pain. God, why are you taking my loved one away from me? 
But like I said, even if I didn't witness Jesus with my own eyes, my grandma said that, and it says, well, God is there. Even in that sorrow, God is there. And nothing, nothing will separate you from the love of God. Not even death, not even the lowest point in your life will separate you from the love of God. God's love is unconditional, it's eternal, and it's unceasing. We can know God's love for us, for he, ha- he was the one to send his own son to die for us. Have you experienced the love of God recently in your life? Are you assured that God truly does love you and that his love will never be taken away from you? God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die and resurrect for us, to save us. He had his child die a gruesome death just so that his love will remain with us and ultimately we will remain with him, those who believe. Do you know this kind of love? I think we hear it so often. Jesus loves you. God loves you. That sometimes it may lose meaning in our life. Like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I've I've heard it. But do you really? Do you really understand? As a pastor, there are days when I'm like that too. Yeah, I know God loves me. But there are other days when I hear a passage or hear a sermon or read the Bible, a passage in the Bible, or hear a a hymn or a song, and it, it brings me to tears just knowing and grasping God's love for me. God showed ultimate love for me, for you, by sacrificing for us. And anyone who believes in this is saved forever. So hold on to this truth that God does, in fact, love you and loves you deeply. Do things that can help you experience this love. Sometimes for God's love to be real and more real, you have to experience it. And to experience it more, you need to take the opportunities to experience his love. That means saying yes to things at church, saying yes to helping out, going to meetings and gatherings like the Beacon event. We went last week, and people came back saying it was a rewarding experience. It was eye-opening. And maybe those people felt God's love a little more. A month ago now, we had VBS, right? And maybe it it takes saying yes to helping out with VBS. It was a lot of work. But I remember someone saying that they were tired, but it was a good tired because they haven't served God in this way in a long time. And just seeing the kids grow, they knew God's love and the glory of God. It became real for them. Making the time for different service opportunities or meetings at our church opens avenues for you to witness God's love. That's what you need. Be thankful that you are at a place where you can have all of these opportunities and the call to experience God's love. God tells us all the time that he loves you. It's in the Bible. Your pastor speaks to you about it every week. You can look around at the small miracles in your life, the small victories, and you should be able to experience God's love as well. And then having received God's love, live this love, love out and share it with others. God's love is unconditional. Every day we are to strive to be more like God, and if so, then we need to love those around us as well. Now, after my grandmother passed away, uh, she was cremated. And it was uh, interesting because <laughs> my grandmother had bought a burial plot. It's 
So she had a place to be buried. Why would she get cremated? So I, asked, I asked my mom, why, uh, why do we cremate grandma if, we, if she has a burial plot? And she said, oh, um, a, few years, a few years before this happened, one of my uncles passed away. Right? One of my uncles passed away. And that family wasn't the most well-off family in our extended family. And he died from a sudden heart attack. And so there wasn't plans for funerals, or they didn't have the money saved up for that. And the family rushed to put something together. And after that, uh, my grandmother apparently felt really, really bad because she had this burial plot and that she could have, in essence, given to them, and she just kept it to herself. So years later, before my grandmother was passing, she told my mom, just cremate me, and if any of your friends or anybody that you know who doesn't have the money for this, just give them my plot. So even in my grandma's death, she was living out the love that God gave to her to love on those that she might never even meet or see in the future. As ones who have experienced God's love, we don't just keep it for ourselves. We go back into the world and share that love with others. That is what we're called to do. Paul tells us today, nothing can separate us from the love of God. I hope that you can feel God's love and know God's love. I hope that you can experience God's love every day. And I hope that you can share that love with those around you. Our God is a God of love. That love of God saved us and continues to be with us in our life. Whenever you feel that God does not love you anymore, or you do not feel his love, put that doubt away and turn back to this passage. And may it be a constant reminder to you that God's love to you is inseparable. And be convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.